This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Can just make out the uh, double-breasted Carl. (laughs) Kids like that with nicknames. There was an English pub called the Red Lion. I'm not going to lie, I spent a lot of time in there. That must have been an amazing time. Oh, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) It was like your Norfolk husband, wasn't he? Basically, yeah. Chris Packham especially, filth. All of a sudden, Camilla, her name was, I always remember it. (laughs) Hello, welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch, Chris Stark and Statman Dave with me as usual. You okay, boys? All good? Good, Dave. News? Any news? I'm just dead excited about today. I like the lone... Uh, situation. I really mm. do. Um, I feel like it benefits everyone, really. You know, like, uh, I mean, I got farmed off to places that I didn't want to go to. Um, but <laughs> I actually came out, actually came out of it quite, you know, it was really beneficial to me. We have talked a bit about your, some of your loan moves on the podcast before, but we've never gone into too much depth. And I think the stories that you've held back actually. Yeah, because be they honest, are... Be honest, No, I, I agree, yeah. There, yeah. There, there is some story. There's some very funny moments. Being in a hotel miles away from home and being a footballer in a town that you don't know, lots happen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I can't wait for us to get into this. So if you're new to this podcast, we should say welcome along. This is what we do. Every episode, we delve into a different specific bit of being a footballer. We've had episodes so far on relegation, what it's like when a new manager comes into a club. And on the last podcast, Crouchy printed off an old contract for us to go through, which was awesome. Yeah, there's been a big, big response to that one. Like, I've had a lot of people getting in touch with me asking a lot of questions, and there might be some questions maybe that aren't, we haven't answered totally. So maybe there's some more, some more miles in that. I think I would oh, get some more off my chest and we'd go through the, the entirety of the contract because there was, there was lots of questions still unanswered. Yeah, we got about two pages in on that. This episode is all about loan moves. Crouchy, you had three in your career, all quite different. Very different, mate. Very different, but, all enjoyable and all very beneficial. Dave, I'm sure you're the same. So many questions to ask. I've got a question for you. Go on. What would it be like for you, Radio One, come in and say, right, we're going to send you on loan. <laughs> <laughs> right. What, what are your feelings and how are you coping well, with it? Well, my f- initial feelings, which I'm sure you can relate to, is I was quite happy at Radio <laughs> One. Why am I... Yeah, the gaffer's come down and said, Chris, look, well, I feel it's beneficial, you know, we just get your wages off the bill. <laughs> and, and that is a chance for you to really, you know, showcase what you're about. And then you go back to, to Radio One with, with a new confidence. Mm. Well, I'd firstly be a bit more concerned about why Radio One don't want me in, in that area. Exactly. So I'd be a bit paranoid mm. because I would like to think that I can play there. Mm. Um, I would see it as a good opportunity to um, piss around a bit, maybe. Would you? Yeah, I think that, I would. Is that detrimental to you because the standard might be lower? If you piss around, you might be seen as that's your level. Yeah. It's very tricky, this, isn't it? I mean, you've really got me thinking. I'm also thinking how amazing the radio industry would be if we did introduce loan moves. Mm. We sort of saw that a bit with I'm a Celebrity with Anton Deck. Holly Willoughby was loaned, loaned in. from loaned in. this morning. So we, do, we do get it. What was it, six months? Only a, only a Decent two. money, from what I heard, mm. um, to do I'm a Celebrity with Deck. Um, decent performance went back and uh, she wasn't replaced on this morning. She's still doing that ever since. Do you think she's become more complete though? I think she's a more complete player for doing that because people had their doubts, didn't they? Yeah, they did have their doubts. But she stepped up to the mark. I think it's a beneficial loan move for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, great. We we will get into this. Obviously, we'll talk football (laughs) mainly. We don't carry on with Holly Willoughby's loan move. (laughs) 
We need to encourage more loan moves, I think, and and then watch it play out on our screens. Yeah, in all walks of life. I think we need to address other jobs that this could happen in as well. Loads to go out with this. And um, before we do, I've got to give you a bit of an update on Crouchy's Man of the Match champagne, which we're giving out to the people or person that best passed the pod. Um, obviously we ask you guys to pass the podcast around and you guys are so creative and inventive with ways that you do that. And what we're going to do uh, to to someone that does it really well, we're going to give them one of Crouchy's actual Man of the Match champagnes from an England game, right? Yeah, an England game, yeah. It's like a nationwide Man of the Match. It's got it all written on there. I'd, I'd rather keep it, but I have, I have said it. Every week I hear that slight hint of regret in your voice. <laughs> we talk about it this. seems to like elevate every single time. Yeah, you seem to be a little bit more upset about it. So that's how good the prize is. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's just too many loads and just shot my mouth off, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but it's happening now. So yeah, thank you to everyone that's passing the pod and everyone that encounters us three boys as well out and about and talks to us about the podcast. I was at the races and people were talking there and it's just great to see everyone so excited and so involved in the podcast. Loads of you have been stepping up though, like Brian here. Uh, Crouchy, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I do like these a lot. Um, he says I'm a bus driver, and if passengers show me evidence of subscribing to the pod, I offer them a free ride. I mean, God knows what Sadiq Khan thinks of that. No, he's got to relax a little bit there. Look, I think that's a really valid way to to ride the bus. Just having a bit of fun, passing the pod. Love well, it. Also, I I do believe bus drivers should are the real boss of their. You know, if it's their bot, it should be like planes. It's like this is my plane, <clears throat> and on boats you get it the same. It's like yeah, captains think- are like my. It's this is my boat. Uh, they they're the last to go. They go down with the boat if needs be. Same with Brian and his bus. But do you think do you think that bus drivers get the same respect as pilots? Don't think they, they do. Don't do they? And that needs to change. So I think instead of bus driver, I think they need a different name for them. So like you have pipe, you don't call them plane drivers, do you? Mm. Boat drivers. It's a bus captain, though. But don't you think the driver of a bus should? I like Dave's idea. Should be bus captain. Sounds a bit bus wanker. Doesn't it? <laughs> anyway, Brian, great work passing the pod. And um, I, I personally, I agree with the boys. I love the idea that people are getting free rides for flashing the podcast subscription. Um, that's awesome. So I've got another message from an anonymous teacher. Head of a recent GCSE maths exam, I have to read all the regulations. And as part of this process, I get all the students to get their phones out and subscribe to the Peter Crouch podcast before handing in their mobiles. <laughs> Perhaps nervous ahead of their test, they all accept that this is part of the process. So you may now have an extra 120 subscribers. That is banging. That's amazing. That's absolutely incredible. If you're doing your GCSE exams or A-levels or whatever as well, I don't think there's any harm. I don't think you can get marked down for a quick pass the pod written on the exam paper mm. as well. I think that's a great shout. Could be a mark on it. That one mark could potentially get you to the uni that you want to get to. Are you an exam invigilator that are marking people up for listening to the podcast? Let us know. We can keep you anonymous. Got another message from a teacher. Uh, this one's from Ed, and he says, I'm currently out in China teaching English and decided to give the class some homework of reviewing the language using used in the pod. They now all love it. Uh, they have also asked for my help choosing their English names. So I've uh, named three of them Peter, <laughs> seven of them Ian, a pair of twins, Mike and Dean, two of them Parched, and one naughty kid is now called Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to see um, a picture of Mike and Dean. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike and Dean. Wow. Twins as well. Seven of them are called Ian. Seven of them are Ian. <laughs> at least he's, you know, holding the... He's flying the Ian flag. Did you see that recently about the Ians? Yeah. It's, it's back. It's back. It was once the the most unused name, I think it was, for... For birthdays, it back was stronger now. I don't know what the stats are in Dave. <laughs> I think when you look at impacts of this podcast, like you've done loads of really good things, but this is the most important thing you guys have done. Yeah, seven Ians in this class, a trending name. Well, I sort of named my child Ian as well off the back of this podcast. Um, mm. I said it as a joke: Tro- Troy, Bango, Ian, mm. Stark, something like that. That was it. Oh, I, had, I had the same with Divock. That's right, you did. <laughs> I had the same with Divrat. Poor old Divrat got it was in the paper that Divrat was um was called Divrat. Crouchy calls my kid Bango now. He doesn't he's not Charlie to anyone. I texted him, text him the other day. Just said uh, you know, about about a few bits and pieces and yeah. I asked him how how Bango was. Yeah. 
That's his name now. <laughs> what age do you think it'll come out? It'll start to be... Because that, that'll get picked up. Kids are like that with nicknames. Dave, we received a present to my house, biscuits, from some family member or friend, family friend, with Bango Stark <laughs> written on the biscuits. What did the missus think? <laughs> but she's not happy about it at all, but, you know, he's now reclaimed the name Charlie. Remember but that not to that... anyone involved in this podcast. <laughs> Is that a little Bango? Yeah. <laughs> little Divrat and Bango. We need to we'll do a little get-together at some Divrat point. Imagine Divrat and Bango out on the town. Oh, it's going to be great. On. One day they'll be doing their own podcast, getting pissed. Divrat, Bango and Statman, what would you like? <laughs> <laughs> and Statman Ian. Statman Ian. <laughs> what a crew. <laughs> that's class isn't it alright got this message from Marcus says I'm on the GB skeleton team and I'll be willing to pass the pod by advertising it on my board at the skeleton world cup in February this is incredible news would it be the fastest ever passing of the pod (laughs) so the skeleton you know goes around 132 kilometres per hour around 80 miles an hour surely that's got to be the fastest I I believe it might be uh, class Class. The tallest, we've had the fastest. What else do we need? Um, the deepest. I want someone at the bottom of the ocean there. You know, like in one of those suits, be like, pasta pasta. <laughs> as Dave said, even as a brief, if we can get like the fastest, the slowest, the deepest, the um, longest. Um, longest. Thank you, Dave. That could be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and um, keep doing your thing, everyone. Well, I've got a message here from Dewey. He says, my dad is uh, Yolo Williams, presenter of uh, Springwatch. And on Tuesday the 7th, about 16 minutes into the show, he said the words back stronger. I'm going to ask him to keep dropping subtle podcast references into the show. Love that. Springwatch is great because I think it's live as well. Should we have a listen to the back stronger moment? Oh, we've got it. We've we? got it. Here it oh, is. This is good news. But of course, it's not only me here down in the northeast. Yolo Williams is up in Mull, or at least I think he is. I am indeed, Max. I am indeed. I've had a busy weekend. I thought I'd take my boat down to Cardiff and then watch the Wales team play. But now, just like the Welsh team, I'm back stronger. Oh, come on. He meant that. He, like, that was definitely placed. There was the lead up, wasn't uh, there? Well I, done. I'm a huge fan of that. So we're going to, you know, we're going to be watching Spring Watch carefully now. I'm expecting one a week, if possible. Yeah, and what about, as a, a fan of innuendo, right, mm. it's th- throughout this thing, Chris Packham especially, filth, the stuff they talk about, the stuff that they see, it's mm. all beavers and tits, and, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah, su- oh, you'd lo- mate, it's such a good show, I love it. I can just make out the uh, double-breasted Carl. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a chumba-wumba. <laughs> Do you know, like, yeah, that nice. would be the game, I yeah. think, that could mm. be played with Springwatch. Good. I think Crouchy, you're bang on. Like, if we can get the podcast in places where you wouldn't ordinarily see it, uh, is Crime Watch still on? That kind of thing. Like TV you shows. Just people or... burst into houses and start no, dropping. Not... Oh. <laughs> right, Crouch, you've had three low moves in your career. The first one, Dulwich Hamlet. How was that? Yeah, it's a strange one. Like, like I'll be honest, I'm at Tottenham, right? So I'm at Tottenham and I'm thinking. I'm trying to break into the first team. I was so many players ahead of me at, at the time. But that's where I sort of saw myself. And then um, all of a sudden they say, right, bang, get in, the, get in non-league football. You know, so I've gone from tr- playing reserve games with you know, the odd game. Mm. Janola was injured. He was back down there. Les Ferdinand, Rule Fox. Um, you know, Sol Campbell might have been Chris Armstrong getting fit. You know, like I'd be training with these players. Then all of a sudden, bang, you're going to uh, a non-league club and you're playing... Car Shorten, you know, Sutton, teams like this. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I didn't want to go. I was kicking and screaming. Um, I wasn't happy about it. So when you say you didn't want to go, what, who did you represent that to? Do you represent that to the club? No, I told David Pleat. It was David Pleat was, was the director of football at the time. They were signing a player uh, called Dave McEwen, I always remember it. And he was coming into Tottenham and, 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 and the um, condition of that was that they got a player. That was a condition of the signing. That's crazy though, because it was someone else's terms that were dictating what your future could potentially be. And that's quite unfair on you. But you're exactly right, Chris. Like it's a condition of like basically you're you're seen as a pawn in a in a transfer signing. Like you are a commodity. You are being traded like a piece of meat, really. You're almost being used as a blood sacrifice. This is why it annoyed me because I knew that I was a make weight in the deal. I didn't and he obviously passed it off as 
it being beneficial to me. But I suppose there's got to be positives that you got out of Dulwich Hamlet in terms of you're playing maybe with a different type of football that you might not have come up against previously. It was massively beneficial. Like, obviously, I went there kicking and screaming. I always remember coming out and uh, I was walking with David Pleat and David Pleat shouting to Les Ferdland who was walking out and saying, uh, Les, like, what, what do you reckon? Um, I'm sending it like, it's be beneficial for him, wouldn't it, won't it? To be fair to Les, he was like, nah, I think. <laughs> That's mad. He went, uh, Les was like, nah, he's better than that. I think you can get him a higher standard, this and that. And then he just walked off. I was like, oh, what a ledge. That could have killed your career. Yeah, but I think it's the way you look at it. So I could have gone there and gone, I'm, a, I'm better than this and sort of sulked a bit and gone and, and, and made it apparent that I thought I was better than that. And then I would have got nailed number one by the players in the dressing room because they're they're playing for a different thing they're playing for their livelihoods you know I'm playing in reserve games and youth team games people say oh it's the North London derby it's not it's kids football you know there you've got to win you've got three points matters and that it gave me that kind of instead of playing to develop as a player I was playing to win matches and that was something that really really helped me early on in my career I realised that you know it's all about winning. So, 17-year-old Peter Crouch turns up, Dulwich Hamlets. Are you wearing the Tottenham Hotspur trackie? No, I've got like a Dulwich trackie. I had the Dulwich trackie but on. you're 17, you want to wear the Tottenham one, don't you? No, nah, not into a Dulwich <laughs> dressing room, no. <laughs> what a twat. <laughs> I trained at Tottenham Monday to Friday. And then i go on a Saturday. My dad would drive me to Dulwich. And um, we'd play the game. So, I, I'd know... I wasn't doing any training with the Dulwich boys. I don't get this at all. So your your loan move is to be still training with Tottenham, right? But it, playing for... Yeah, because well, they're, they're part-time. They're training on a maybe Tuesday or Thursday night. <laughs> Would you go down to those training sessions? No, I was, I, 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 I'd, I'd just train like with Tottenham. It sounds so like disjoint and unstrategized in a sense. They're sending this young striker to Dulwich, but he's, you, you're basically playing with these lads for 90 minutes a week. Yeah. Do they give you shit? No, they were all actually really good, really good with me. Um, and listen, I, I didn't go there and set the world alight. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that's how weird my career is so strange. Like when, when we talk about like Gerard, people like go bang, 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 like Rooney Owen, they're like going to play for England, right? For me, I was going, maybe it's my level. I don't know. I think I scored one goal in the whole time I was there, like six or seven games. I, I you know, I, I didn't come back and everyone went, wow, like, let's get him in the first team. I was like, whoa. Do, do you feel disconnected from the club at that point? You'd speak to, uh, like, I'd speak to Chris Hutton a lot. He was good. He was like the reserve team manager at the time. David Pleat was like a deal maker, if you know what I mean. He didn't have much to do with me after that. Um, but Chris Hutton was very good. He, he used to give me, give me a call. Uh, and, that, and they'd always send someone to watch the matches and stuff. So yeah, I didn't feel complete disconnection. But um, as a as a sort of young player trying to make his way in the game, it's like it, it's just sort of what I had to do at that time. Let's talk money, right? Seventeen years old. So do Dulwich then take over the payments? No, no, nah, no. Nah, nah, I was I was still paid by by Tottenham. I mean, I went from I was on forty five quid a week when I signed my apprenticeship for two years. And then I signed my first professional contract was 300. So like, I, and I thought, I, that was, I thought that was, I've hit the big time here. You know, balling. Like, the ball, I was balling then. Uh, I always remember I went to, I went to Lakeside when I signed my first contract, right? Went to Lakeside and me, me and Ledley had just signed our pro contracts. So we went with a couple of lads who hadn't. And then we went, we're just going to nip in here, lads. And they were like, well, we're way outside. And I went, well, don't worry. We signed professional contracts, haven't we? We're going into, we're into H. Samuel. <laughs> Absolutely balling, right? Me and Ledley went into H. Samuel and I bought a gold um, <laughs> bracelet. <laughs> wow. I bought this gold bracelet, right? And I put it on and I went, and Led had one on as well. And I went, fuck. Led's like, a couple of points, like, wow. Smashed it. Like, We've made it. it. <laughs> Made it. H. Samuel. <laughs> H. Samuel. Got, like, honestly, I got home. When I got home, my dad went, what the fuck is that on your wrist? <laughs> but it already gone like a bit sort of brown. <laughs> and um, he went, get that off and never wear that again. And I went, yeah, 
You're right. And I, I took it off and never wore it again. I put it in a drawer. I, I kept it in its, in its like little case. And I put it next to my bed. And every now and then I looked at it and went, yeah. That's you, money, that. You're doing well there, son. But then I just put it back in its case just in case my dad bad me. <laughs> Did you feel like a big player? I know you're saying, like, because a lot of what we're talking about here is with hindsight. But when you first walked in at Dulwich, did you have a, any sort of cockiness about no. yourself? Did you have, or did you have a feeling of being like, you know, I, I'm really a Tottenham player, but in this setup? No, I was literally the furthest away you can get from that. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I, I went in there and I, all these, these were proper, these were proper men. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, young kid going, oh God, like, and they're talking about all sorts. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I was, a, I was 17, but I was like a baby. And uh, that, that was my issue was like, I always felt technically I was good, but my issue was my body wasn't catching up and I, and I wasn't a man until like 23 you know, like to play in the Premier League. So like, that's why I always knew I had a good ability, but I just found it difficult to sort of cope with that. And that's why it was a good loan for me to be down there. Why did they choose you, do you think? Basically, the players ahead of me, I had so many players ahead of me, and all of them had more of a chance than me. And I, I, could, I could name them. And like, in the first team, you had Liz Ferdinand, um, Chris Armstrong, Stefan Everson. Um, but then below that, you had Paul McVeigh, Neil Fenn, James Bunn, uh, John Piercy, Wayne Vaughan, like, there were so many like players ahead of me, and I, was, I had to go out on loan, and I did it, and it was beneficial to me because I learned all these kinds of things. But then I, I got farmed out again to to Sweden. <laughs> this is where it gets interesting, Dave. We've touched on Sweden in the past. We've touched on the loan move. Crouchy's never really gone into too much about what happened out there. Um, we've been doing some digging, Chris. One of the biggest things I found: we've got a record that we don't really speak about. Crouchy, I think you might be the only player in the Swedish division that scored five goals in one reserve game. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a record that's not been broken. It's not sort of an amazing record, is it? Like, I went on loan to Sweden in, for part-timers and played in the reserves. <laughs> Chris Hutton, who was reserve team manager at the time, came to me and I think there's a similar um, situation. Jo- John Johnson or John Johansson? Um, not bad player actually. Signed him from IFK Hasleholm, and um, a similar thing. So me and Orton Thelwell announced to Sweden, um, and we got sort of like the the new up and coming Swedish player. Chris Hutton goes Crouchy. We're doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> Strap we're yourself going. in, son. Where am I going now, Chris? <laughs> we don't really we got- know. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, me and Orton got him really well. He's a good lad. Uh, I still speak to him now. Actually, I mean, we we had we had some time out there, and you know what? I was at that time. I sort of think I thought I was a bit more ready. I'm 19 now, and also, you know, I I made my QPR debut not long after that. Um, but I went out there and I, I had a different kind of mindset. I was a bit more sure of myself now. So I'm not a 17 year old. I'm a bit more. I'm 19. I'm thinking I should be playing now. Um, at a certain level. And I went out there and I was fuming. It was summer and everyone else sort of was on holiday. And me and Orton were sent to Sweden to play. Like they, they, their season obviously was so different. So you thought you were starting the summer holidays? It was summer holidays, yeah. Instead of that, I was going out to Sweden to play football. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it was made the case that I would go out there. Went out there and um, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, I loved everything about it, really. Um, Sweden's an interesting place. Just explain how he breaks the news to you. Because almost does like, he try and sell Sweden to you? Yeah, he's, he's, he's like, selling you're going to love this. No, he's selling the experience <laughs> and how beneficial it is for my development. He's selling, you know, you've not had many games. Want to go out, you, you go out there, play, enjoy it, come back. It's a new experience. It's something, I mean, listen, I, I was living at home with my mum and dad and sister. So all of a sudden, like, they gave us a flat. They gave us a car. Basically, Sweden was my uni. So... So I did everything that you do at uni. <laughs> Big question. How was Freshers? Oh, awesome. There was one particular lad that really, really looked after us. As soon as we arrived, he said, um, oh, where are you staying? And I said, so-and-so, Flats. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> and he had a name for it. It was basically the Swedish name for the ghetto in Sweden. <laughs> That's where we were staying. <laughs> To me, it was lovely. I thought it was like the flat. I thought it was lo- really nice. I and mean, we had a little flat. But can you imagine like two sort of like 19, 19 year old like footballers in a 
flat in the middle of nowhere in Sweden. And we was a quiet little village. So we ended up just having to go out and training wasn't till four, sort of part time. So we trained every day, but we trained at four o'clock. Uh, my first game, I, feel, I can't remember. I, don't, I think I played pretty poor. And then he pied me off to the reserves. And then you said about um, scoring five goals. I, uh, yeah, I just, I banged five in. So are Tottenham not worried at all when they start getting reports that Peter Crouch and he can sleep in, training's not till four, so you can go out to whatever time. You've got enough time to recover before training. I can see the little smile on your face right now, which <laughs> suggests this is absolutely true. Well, what, listen, we're 19 years old, right? And we've been thrown into to a Swedish league and we are in su- the summer, basically. We had a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was fuming with Alton because he got a girlfriend after like two weeks. <laughs> That's a classic uni mistake, by the way. Alton knows he let himself down. It, it, it... <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I said to him, like, it was like we were all having the time of our lives, right? First couple of weeks, time of our lives. Um, the lads were good in the team. They were showing us where to go, places to go. We had so much fun. And all of a sudden... Camilla, her name was. I always remember it. <laughs> he brought, like, Camilla home. I was like, right? right. Strange one. And then they let it slide. And then um, she kept coming round. I'm like, he's going, we're going to watch a film. Oh, no. You are killing me, son. <laughs> so, um, who stepped up in the team? <laughs> who, who became the, the Alton? Um, I had a lad. I've got his name now. It's killing me. But um, we were in such a weird, like, place. Like, it was really, really nice, beautiful place, but really quiet. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Was it like bars? Was it like nightclubs? No. What was it? When I say it, it's basically the equivalent of being, um, God, I, where, would it, where would it be like in England? It Cotswolds. Was, it was a bit like that, mm. a bit. Like, you've got one nightclub. We had, there was an English pub called the Red Lion. I'm not going to lie, I spent a lot of time in there. <laughs> And Camilla wasn't invited no, to the red line. God. I get the impression you... Um, she was a lovely girl, though. She was was a lo- she? Yeah, she was a lovely girl. But annoying for you, because... It's not ideal. You she saw the wider t- picture. T- took my wingman away. Yeah. That, that's what they do? <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic Camilla move. <laughs> Why do they do that, though? <laughs> Why can't they let it's us... always a tricky situation with mates, isn't it? Where suddenly they start seeing someone, and then it's just little steps, you know, and they... they they're there overnight and they maybe just hang around a bit in the morning. That's where it starts. And then suddenly you notice there's an extra toothbrush. Camilla's toothbrush is there. Mm. And you're thinking, okay, well, that, I guess it makes sense. It's convenient and all, but... But when 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 they start phasing you out, you know, like... Yeah. What, how does that Camilla begin? would have hated you. She's, she's found a new love. She's turning up. She, she would have been saying, oh, you're silly mate over there. Yeah. Like, you concentrating on your football He's slowing me. you down and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that Peter Crouch in there, like, silly boy. <laughs> silly boy, immature. Red line till 6am, on to the nightclub after that. Yeah. Doesn't see the sunlight anymore. And you come back, he's not allowed to the pub. Camilla's there watching a film, they're, they're doing their thing, watching a film. He's, he's there on the sofa, he's realised he's in too deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, was that the whole loan spell then? Was he effectively... No, no, he, he, he came back. Did he? he? Came stronger. Back stronger. <laughs> it, it was Jumped a bomb, but it was a point where he came back stronger. That must have been an amazing time. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know when your mate comes back? <laughs> we thought we'd lost him. Chumbawamba. Come here, you. <laughs> the, the beauty of your eyes then, Crouchy, when you just thought about that moment was was incredible. It was like maybe the, the firstborn child type look. Don't, you don't let's, ever lose them. Let's go to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Chris, usually I do all the research, but you found someone that is really into Crouchy's time in Sweden. Yeah, this is great, this. Right, Crouchy, this is nuts, this. There's a few quotes from this guy that has covered your time whilst you were in Sweden. I've got questions for you, but I've also got questions for this guy because like, Uh, what about you made him follow and track your career and then report back on it as a sort of young 19-year-old in in Sweden? Sweden. It's odd, right? Well, so this is Camilla. (laughs) Maybe it is. Potentially is, yeah. Okay. The two youngsters went to Sweden during the spring just as the Swedish season was kicking off. Rumours abound that Crouch spent a lot of his non-football time drinking and enjoying what little nightlife the quiet town of Hasselholm offered. According to some reports, Crouch drank more beer than water during his time at the club. I feel like... This is Camilla, isn't it? (laughs) It's Camilla. But you're very hydrated, which is good. You don't ever want to be parched. I wasn't parched. Crouch was a poor player, technically. In particular... (laughs) In particular in the air. This is the truth. Technically, like, football-wise, like, I was, I could play, I mean, I, I know I could, but like, my heading was awful. I had to, I had to work on it, because I was so tall, I think he says there, I um, got smaller when I jumped, which is quite a hard thing to do. Um, but yeah, I, I just wasn't any good at heading, and it's not something that I grew up trying to be. I, I didn't try and be good in the air. I wanted to be Paul Gascoigne, Roberto Baggio, players that dribble, you know, good players like that. But that time in Sweden, did that make you think, I need to get better at that? 100%, yeah. I like losing headers to people who are a lot smaller than me. Um, there was lots of parts of my game that I had to improve um, to be the player that I became. But, um, you know, I felt like it did help me. Like, I came back. It, was like, it wasn't just the, the football out there. It was growing up. Like, it was the being, having a car, having a flat, being able to do what I wanted and you know, sort of understanding and it made me a little bit more independent, a bit more confident in myself. And I think it wasn't necessarily football, which wasn't, I didn't set the world alight again, but it was the being sort of independent and that made me a man. Really. Crouch drank more beer than water during his time at yeah. the club. That's what I was going to quote. <laughs> I was going to say, re- you know, reflecting on that, switching the beer for the water, more reflective on yourself, on your game. Do you know what? Like I say, I, I didn't want to go out there and I, it was in my summer and I took it badly and I went out there and I hit it quite hard. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I hit the football hard and I hit the red lion hard. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's mad that that... Whoever that journalist is, maybe they'll hear about this. I'd it's love Camilla. to. I'd love to. But I would love to know what what intrigued them so much about you at that age. It's a strange old scenario, isn't it? Mm. Like, and then I turn up and I'm boozing and I'm <laughs> out and about. Did you have a nickname out there? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I only spoke to Alton. Said he pied me. <laughs> we got a touch on your loan move to Norwich City. How was that for you? So that was David O'Leary sending you off at that point. By yeah. then, were you getting fed up of the loan thing or, or not? No, so we, t- we talked about this in our um, in the manager episode, obviously. O'Leary turns up, not having me, right? Farmed out again to, to Norwich. But this is probably what sort of reignited my career. You know, it really did. I, I went to Norwich and um, myself, Kevin Harper and Darren Huckabee signed all at the same time. We just were flying. We we, we um, were winning games. We were scoring goals. I had a great connection with both of those players, Huckabee and um, and Harper. And um, we had a good team. We ended up winning the league. Footballing-wise, what was it from Norwich that you learned? I wouldn't say I learned. I just think my body sort of caught up and I was ready. Like... I wanted my opportunity at Villa. I, th- I felt like then I was ready for the Premier League um, and I just wasn't, I wasn't getting the opportunity. So I felt like I had to go to showcase that. Was it anything to do with playing with someone like Huckabee in terms of developing your self-footballing with, with another player? Like a partnership thing? Because obviously you went to Southampton, you, you know, blasted the goals in with, with Kevin Phillips and so forth. Was anything there that you thought, look, I've got a real connection with these guys that can be used elsewhere? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, certainly myself, Arkaby, um, we did hit it off and we did, we did really well. But, um, it was a strange old experience. Like, you know, we went, 
all of a sudden I'm going, right, I'm single, right? And I'm, and I'm going, right, bang, you're on loan to Norwich. I remember staying at Dunstan Hall. Mm. Big old castle, I know you stayed yeah, there. Yeah. Lovely hotel. But I'm in there and I'm like, obviously I don't know, I don't know Norwich at all. About four o'clock, I'm thinking, what am I going to do now? I'm going to head down for dinner, you know, in the hotel and stuff like that. And I always remember I got chatting to this builder who's, um, it's literally like Alan Partridge. You know, like I, I was in a hotel on my own, not knowing what to do, and I was sitting there, <laughs> go down to dinner, and there's a builder, and he's like, yeah, I'm working on a site down the road, and he's over here for like three months. I said, oh, great. So am I. <clears throat> so me and this builder, right, ended up having a bit of a like, we had a decent relationship, you know. He'd work on the site. I'd go. To... <laughs> You're Alan Partridge. I'd go to train. Yeah, he'd go like, "Anyone joining you?" And I'd go like, "No." Nah. And he'd go, "We just sit down and we just talk." You know, I was I was the site, and he'd go like, "Yeah, it's coming on." And I go, "You know, that's Norwich City." And I'm going, "Yeah, like we're doing well." Um, just chat about our days, really. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, the odd time we'd if I had a day off or whatever. He'd go, have a few pints tonight? i say, yeah, we'd have a few pints. It was like your, your Norfolk husband, wasn't he? Basically, yeah, yeah. Back for dinner tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was there for like a real similar amount of time. Like, it, it'd be weird if he didn't say hello. What are you gone for tonight, mate? <laughs> 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 yeah, I went, for the, I went for the steak again. Yeah. But yeah, it's a strange old thing alone. It'd be great to reunite you two again, wouldn't it? Would. Do you remember his name? No. <laughs> So what are we looking for here? A builder in Norwich. <laughs> a builder in Norwich in a similar season that, to me. September 2003 to December 2003. So we've got a little window there. This is going to work out nice. You, you're not going to reunite me, are you, with this, with this builder? Well, you know how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> builder in Norwich in the dates Dave, Dave just said. But we have no name. Nothing, not oh, even... I haven't got much hair to go colour? on. Kind of, Eyes. He, he was he was quite had short hair at the time, but obviously bowled in his high vis on. He took his high vis when he was at the bar. But I just remember sort of him. I was sort of confiding in each other, really. Yeah, we know like, he's a meat eater. Yeah, it's a great shout. Likes a steak. Petite, Likes a steak. It's all it's all pretty average. So really. an average, average looking guy. builder in Norwich, two thousand and three. So that must be on LinkedIn, it's is it? Tough. Well, uh, <laughs> but let's not rule it out. No, uh, if that's you, could have the best touch. years of his life. Weird vibe being on loan, isn't it? Because you have what they call the parent club, which is obviously your your club that are loaning you out. Um, that's your real father. Mm. And then you're going to a new manager, aren't you? And that's sort of your, your stepdad. They inherit you. They take you in. Right. They want you. Your actual real dad's given you away. Oh, God. It's harsh, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> <sighs> how, do I, how do I navigate this one? <laughs> Which dad loved you more? Yeah. So Nigel Worthington was your stepdad for a period of time, mm. wasn't he? So he take he takes. He was a be- he was he was better to me. He cared for me more than he did my real dad, O'Leary. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So do they do they try and slag off the other manager? Or is it quite collaborative, do you think, between the two managers? And With my situation, it was like I was a son he didn't want. Mm. He discarded me. And uh, I was thankful for my stepdad, Nigel, to pick me up. You're, you've, got a, you've got a manager, right? And you're playing a certain way to impress that manager. As soon as you're out on loan, do you just sort of forget about that other manager? So I stop trying to impress them. Yeah. And it becomes about impressing this new manager on, is the game really that they will then feed back to the club? Yeah. Do you know what, like, also the mentality of it as well is that sometimes, like, you, you sort of know that manager's not going to watch the games. So it becomes more about, they will enjoy this, the stats, right? So when Defoe went to Bournemouth and scored, what, 8-8, eight and eight, was it? And broke the record. That makes waves. That makes, you know, Harry might not have watched every game he played at Bournemouth, but... You come back with an 8-8 record, it's conversations are, are being had. The fact that the team were getting good results and it looked like you guys had come in mm. had this impact. It's good PR, just as a, as a headline, I guess. But I, think, I think a lot of it is headlines. You know, a lot of, a lot of going out on loan is, is that.
Right then, Crouchy, in terms of the laout, where are we up to? Mate, things are ramping up. Um, I think the beer is pretty much sorted. Thanks to the Brewdogs, uh, Beer Wizard and the Whisperer. Uh, it's just the final bits of admin for the marketing campaign. Um, I've got the latest email here. Oh, great, from the Brewdog Beer Wizard. Would you like to hear this? Please. He says, I've got some more detail on the billboard where you'll be able to advertise the Laout ahead of uh, its release. It's a digital screen, so you can fit as many as 10 different slogans on there. All you need to do is select them and I'll send them over by email. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I'll then pass them on to the marketing team and get them approved before people will be able to see them. We've got the UK's largest indoor billboard, the one inside Waterloo Station. <laughs> oh, have you seen that <laughs> That's one? That's sick. So it's huge. I, I used to DJ a lot in Southampton, so I'd always go from Waterloo. I, I've been in that station so many I go, times. I go That's through there a lot. mental. I've been through there a lot. It's humongous yeah. and it's a busy place. Um, so that's good. Uh, he says, we'll have it for a couple of days before the low is launched. Your adverts will be live at prime commuter time. The station is the busiest in the UK with almost 2 million visitors a week. I've persuaded our marketing team to allocate a bit of space on this billboard for any drawings that you want to produce. They've agreed to offer you up to 15%, but cock and ball drawings are not allowed. Oh. So no balls or penises. But this is great news. I think what's going to be good about this billboard is obviously we want to incorporate your slogan. So Crouchy, just get thinking what you would like this to be because I'm going to give you a piece of paper and uh, I'd like to just draw out. That's amazing that we've got that. It's fucking big billboard. That. Have you seen that? The one at Waterloo. Massive. Have you We've... seen it? I'm gonna have to well, go, we'll have to and go take there. a picture. It's the big. It's an amazing billboard. Yeah. All right. Whilst you're thinking of what you're going to draw, I think we should just go through some of the slogans that've been brought in. So this is really exciting. If you guys have sent in slogans for the low, it could appear on this fucking massive billboard. That's going to be there. <laughs> just to clarify how massive it is: one and a half crouchies tall and twenty crouchies wide. Yeah, that's a lot. How many football pitches is that? It's about half a football pitch wide. Nah, wow, now I get it. A bit of a football pitch. More of a, a crouch and a half. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, nice. It's amazing. Okay, so slogans we like already that have come in. Uh, Crouchy, I think you should say them. Okay, yeah, I, I like this one from Nathan. He sang this in a, in a version of Tears for Fears song, didn't he? Uh, come and have a loat if you think you're parched enough. Loads of people have sent this in. Parched, question mark? This one was from Ben. A beer of two halves. This was the shout from Ross. This is one for you, Dave. High expected refreshment, XR. It's a staty one. Nice. You know. Uh, we've got one from John. Yeah, he says, lager plus stout equals lout. And Simon just rounds this off with a nice, simple... Chumba Wumba. And loads of people message us with this one. Lout, it's not for Carl's. Okay, cool. So, all of those are going to be on the billboard. So, thank you so much for sending those in. I'm sure you'll be buzzing to see this thing when it happens. You've got to go there, do the photo, get up on socials, be underneath pointing up at the slogan that you've sent in. The good news is we've got room for a few more. Like this one from Jamie, which says... So, it's lout or lout, however you say it, we know you'll love it. Great, great catchphrase. Adam's been in touch. He says, I've recently passed the pod on to my girlfriend, Lottie, who has thought of some cracking slogan ideas. Let me know what you think. She's really proud of herself. She says, yeah. Are you out or are you loud out? A play on Mickey Flanagan's out-out jokes. Ah. Yeah, so are you are you out or are you loud out? Better loud than in. <laughs> that's quite... That's I like good. that one. That's good. That's, that's really that's good. good so, let's get loud on the town. Yeah. Let's get lout on the town. Go lout on a limb with a lout. Meh. Not so good. I think better lout than in. Is, <laughs> that's good. Is, well, so if you fart, you could just say better lout than in. A great way of passing the pod uh, as well. That's good. James. <laughs> James. These are great, aren't they? They are good. James but, has been in touch. Lout for when you and your silly little mates are parched. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. That's little, good. Little nod to Abby there. Mm. Uh, Stephen says parched no longer come back stronger. Nice. That's good. Uh, okay, so we need to pick three and confirm them and then we can send them to the Brewdog Beer Wizard who'll get them added to the design. I, th I think we've got to go with one, one of Lottie's there. Um, Better out than in. Yeah, that's nice. I agree, Dave. I think that's, well, I I think that's I the one. I quite like the one from James as well, just because a little nod to Abby. Laut for when you and your silly little mates are parched. Yeah. <laughs> do we do one more? Should we pick one more? Stevens. Parched no longer, come back stronger. Just rolls off the tongue. There you go. Boom. 
You're going to be on that billboard. Be proud. So, Crouchy, here's a bit of paper. Right. What, what I love about these moments as well is it starts with just this cut-out bit of paper, which is... And then you've got to imagine that then becomes like from that to bam on Waterloo Station right along it. Dave, do you know what this is yet? <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Um, it looks like a bit of water piping at the moment. I initially thought he was going to draw a stick, mate. He's really concentrating. Um... <laughs> Do I go from here? <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. So um, we we've got the opportunity to get anything that you draw onto the billboard, and this is what we've we've gone with. So that's yeah. fine as long as you're happy. But that doesn't look like a knee anymore. No, does it, it doesn't. Uh, it's like a small erection. But you've clearly said it's your knee, Grouchy. So mm. I wouldn't worry about that. We've clearly defined that as a knee. Yeah, everyone who's commuting. Would love to be me on this poster. Massive can of loot, yeah. Luffle out. Look at that. That's Waterloo that's... Station, here we go. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's the billboard sorted. <laughs> I've said this before, I think this might be my new favourite bit of the podcast. So obviously there's adverts on here and we thought it'd be a nice idea that you guys can have a space to come on and, and get rid of some old shit that you need to get rid of or or advertise something that you'd like to advert. Basically, have your own advert on this podcast. Loads of people listening. Obviously, everyone that listens to this is, is a legend. So you've got a, the perfect audience to advertise to. So far, we've had a listener on that, that wanted to get rid of a printer. We had another one that wanted to get rid of an apartment. So we set up an estate agency. Load of pricks.net. It seems to be going really well. Yeah, and that website exists, by the way. Like, go check it Please out. Search it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's it's on there. We've had adverts on here for people that wanted to get rid of a filing cabinet. Another for uh, someone who was offering a, I think, trips on a yacht. We we had uh, one father that came on just selling their kids' crap drawings. Ah, oh, he set up a website. Set up a website. Fantastic. I mean, you need just go and check it out. Yeah. So I love this because I don't know what we're about to hear, but um, it's always fun. So here we go. Morning, Crouchy and Chris. My name's Luke and I'm based in Botswana. We've got a game farm the size of the Isle of Man, and it's for sale. As an optional extra, you may want to consider taking the 12,000 head of game, which includes zebra, giraffe, eland, kudu, chemsbok, etc., etc. We also have transient leopard and cheetah. The name of the farm is Kanana. You can check us out on www.kanana.info. Same as banana, but with a K. If that isn't something that a load of old pricks can get their teeth stuck into, I don't know what is. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. There's a game farm in Botswana <laughs> called Punani. No, it's not called Punani. <laughs> Kanana Farm in uh, Botswana. <laughs> Kanana Game Farm. So I guess what we could do is maybe list this on our loadofpricks.net website. How much, course, you, how much do you want for this? I, I, I didn't specify a price there, did he? But he's selling a game farm, so we've, we've already sold a house. So can we get this on load of pricks? Fabulous. <laughs> Great. He'll be on there, I'm just checking the producer. Yeah, he, he's nodded. Yeah, apparently we can get this on loadofpricks.net. Hold on. The property contains five farms. Lo- lots of animals as well. I don't know what... if So if a podcast listener can afford this, we don't know the price. It's a big old game farm, this. 110 kilometers in extent. It's uh, it goes it goes literally from Croydon to Barnet in size. <laughs> it's it's fucking humongous. It's Great. one of the biggest game reserves I've seen, and um, it could be yours on loadofpricks.net. <laughs> it's staggering, isn't it? What people are coming on this podcast to sell never ceases to amaze me. Right before we finish with our two catchphrases, I wanted to let everyone into a bit of a secret. We sit in a pub chatting nonsense for so long a lot of it doesn't actually end up making the podcast there's so much stuff that we don't um for whatever reason <laughs> include sometimes in for some good reasons podcast. Sometimes, sometimes like it, it for good reasons you're right but we end up having a few beers we end up getting a carried away we're talking for ages and we thought that perhaps what we could do on the next episode is and it will be a bit random because it'll be all sorts of different things and different topics that we float around. But we could maybe dedicate a podcast to getting them out there. Like Crouchy, do you remember discussing Mbappe taking control of PSG? I do remember that. Yeah. Now that didn't go out. People haven't heard this yet. Oh God! 
You forget what goes in and out, don't you? <laughs> this is what I mean. I remember discussing that with you, and we discussed how parched Mbappe was. It was yeah. a high-profile parching, wasn't it? Yeah. The first ever player director of football role in football. Mm. The Sean Dyche emoji. <laughs> <laughs> how about corner housery? Cornerhousery. See, this is all stuff that we've chatted about. <laughs> I can't but I remember just, what that was. I assumed it was. I'm how... sure people knew about it. They don't. What was cornerhousery again? I don't remember. Um, I, I think I think I ended up getting very frustrated. Ah, yeah, I remember cornerhousery is when you put it outside the that was the it. arc. Yeah, yeah, I'm dead against it. Mm. I'm going on a bit of a rant about that. And of course, <laughs> there's another Herman Horizon story. I've which, got millions. Yeah, got yeah. loads of them. So the next episodes that you're going to hear is is actually the penultimate one of this series. And we're going to tell you all about our plan for the final pod. You, you guys know by now that on the final one, we like to do something a bit special. And also, I can say right now, you're not going to have to wait as long for another series. No, I think no. we should give some like proper guarantees on that. Because yeah. we said that once and we vanished for a year. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs> we, went, we went missing big time, didn't we? Um, no, we'll be, we'll be back stronger. Pretty, pretty sharpish, I'd say. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, so lots to do before this series ends. So next next podcast, I think you're going to love it. Lots of random topics, almost deleted scenes. Um, <laughs> some of it I thought was cut for a good reason, but we'll uh, <laughs> we'll see. I'm sure it's fine, Crouchy. Bonus material, uh, stuff behind the scenes, carnage ensues. Lots of it goes on late into the night. Uh, and apparently it's all been recorded. Good. And of course, we're going to go through a few of your messages, general nonsense, and always feel free to send in any questions for Crouchy. That's why he's here. Send them to our email address. It's peter.crouch at acast.com. I feel I've learned loads about loan moves today, sort of the, the good things about them, the negative things. It feels like you've experienced both with that. I'm very pro-loan. Um, I do think it benefited me and I might not have wanted to do it at the time but I was young and naive and I did it and it helped me and every single loan had um, was beneficial to me in some way yeah it's been a good episode I've enjoyed this alright boys back stronger next episode Chumbawamba 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 Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute, fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.